Thank you for listening to the Divine Nobodies Podcast with Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe so you never miss a show. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at Divine Nobodies Podcast and join our ever-growing community of lightworkers and spiritual visionaries. Together, we can raise the frequency of our planet and bring in a new era of awakening and inner standing. Welcome to our tribe. And now your hosts, Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. Thank you for tuning in to Buy Nobody's Podcast. It's your host, Eric Ajna. I'm joined here with the beautiful Jennifer Lynn. How are you doing, Jen? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, even though the lady already introduced us. Might as well just do it a second time. We're, you know, we're still trying to gather our sanity from what we experienced with Mercury Retrograde. Oh my God, this was a bad one. Especially yeah, it was for a tough us. one. And, and, and me and Jen kind of went through it together, just in our own lives. But one thing I did want to stress, or actually just bring up on the podcast, is that we had two guests over the last two episodes. And something we'd never actually experienced before with the platform that we used is that we just had all these technical glitches happen. Yeah, like just totally stopped recording. The files got lost, couldn't be recovered. I mean, just the craziest stuff. Yeah, the craziest stuff. And it's never happened to us before. And we've been doing a lot of podcasts. We're at podcast 50 now, or actually yeah. over 50. Over 50, yeah. So, you know, when we've had some setbacks during the last Mercury Retrogrids, but this one was specifically, specifically a little crazy. It was. You know, given, given, you know, one of the guests was in Australia, you know, and they were going through a lot of weather issues and the other guest was, uh, you know, uh, talking to us from a magical school bus in Joshua Tree. <laughs> and that's bound to happen whenever you try and do a podcast from a magical school bus in Joshua Tree. It does. Do, what was that teacher's name that drove the school bus? Mrs. I have Frazzle? no idea. Frizzle? I, no, Frizzle. I don't know. I just remember oh, the, the show. I remember the show. Yeah. She had big orange hair and she was like, oh, get on the school bus, kids. Yeah, nobody yeah. ever really questioned her credentials. Yeah. You know, like, what? what is this lady up to, really? Where was she taking these kids? I'm going to have to look it up. I'm obsessed Well, they were going on a magical journey, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, we're glad to be back. We're grounding into the space. Everything feels really good. And Mercury Retrograde is over, so we can all celebrate together. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We wanted to... Uh, bring this uh, really important topic up to the episode. This is something that me and Jen uh, actually embody in our regular lives. And this is a book that I had actually read a long time ago. And this is one thing that we wanted to talk about today, because I feel like um, our listeners, as well as me and you, uh, we can gather a lot of uh, insight and wisdom um, from this book. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce it. We're going to be not necessarily doing a book report, but um, we've... Kind of. uh, Kind of, I guess kind of in a way. Yeah, the book is The the Five Love Languages. It was actually a book that was released back in 1992, so it was quite a long time ago. Wow, it's that old? Yeah, just to give you some perspective. Well, the book is called The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate by Gary Chapman. Good old Gary. If you go on YouTube and look up his videos, he's just like the grandfather you never had. (laughs) He has this like really deep sort of grandfatherish type of tone. Mm -hmm. You know, he definitely eats strawberry hard candies. Oh, oh, love you know, that. He's yeah. that guy like behind you at like the CBS with like Nilla wafers and strawberry hard candies. And he's just like, hey, how you doing? And the uh, Worthers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Worthers. He's the guy in front of you when you're really, really busy and you have stuff to do that like pulls out um, some some change and uh, some coupons in front and of a, you. And he just and takes a checkbook. forever. Yeah. Takes for, yeah, he writes a check. It takes forever. And you yeah. start striking up a conversation with uh, the, 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 the cashier. And you're just like, wow, you know, I've got to give it to you. You got the years. You've uh, earned your right to, you know, take up everybody's time. So, 
Yeah. So Gary Chapman. Um, so this is a best-selling book. Actually, it's been said best-selling book, relationship book of all time. I Fifty that. million copies in thirty-eight countries. Right. So basically, the premise of this book, and we'll go into it. We're going to get um, kind of do a deep dive into all the dynamics of this book. So there are five love languages that are mentioned in this book. And I'm going to go ahead and read them off really quick, and then we'll kind of trace back, and me and Jen are going to discuss these five love languages, how they can uh, really impact your life um, if you ascribe to at least one of them. So these five lang- love languages are um, quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and receiving gifts. Now, these aren't difficult to understand. You know, these are all um, pretty practical. We, I think all of us know what this means because we've probably experienced at least one or a few of these in every relationship that we've been in, right? So those are the five love languages. And first, before we go into um, a little deeper, I wanted to go over uh, just some data that I found online, Jen. All right. And Let's it's from the shanecode.com. They actually did a, a few different surveys, Um one of them was based off of Google Trends search data over a 12-month window, and it shows uh, in what areas of the United States people ascribe to um, these different love languages. And it's crazy. The, the, the gifts, what does it say? Receiving gifts? Mm-hmm. Texas and Florida, for some reason. Really interesting. Texas Seem to be the highest percentage of people that uh, are huh. gift givers. Interesting. It, maybe it's that uh, Southern charm, that like Southern, I don't know, courtship. That's possible, possible, and and just and we'll go into um, each one of these love languages. It doesn't necessarily mean a sort of materialistic sort of thing. It can be something as simple as just like a thoughtful gesture for somebody. Yeah, or like right. flowers on a first date, or chocolates, or flowers for someone's mom that you're taking out. I mean, exactly. If you're a nice gentleman caller, maybe you have some of these practices that. Yeah, it's sort of like that old feathers sort of, in your cap, you know, those old Southern values, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then you have on the West Coast, which is where me and Jen are. So, California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. You got a big percentage of people that are into acts of service. Oh, okay. And that makes sense. You know, like the West Coast, we're really active people. You know, we're like hustlers. You know, there's a lot of tech companies down here. A lot of us Mm -hmm. are very career driven people. So, acts of service, the whole, the whole, I think, the the ability to be in action and manifesting certain things makes sense for acts of service. Absolutely. I agree. And, and then for was north, more north, I want to say towards like Washington, Idaho, uh, places like that, uh, or more for quality time, which makes sense because there ain't shit to do up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Well, I take that back. There's probably like lots of cool things that you can do in Washington, which is actually one of the places I want to visit because it's so beautiful there. But you know what? Quality you time. Know, so is Idaho. Idaho is actually really beautiful too. Aren't they, aren't they about them potatoes though? Up there in Idaho? They are about them potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they got those bangers, those bangers and mash. Mm-hmm. And then where you have more towards the East coast, like, um, uh, Michigan, New York, they're more into physical touch down there, you know, lots of Italians. Yeah. A little, little, little bit more frisky over there. Yeah. And also it snows there a lot. So yeah. then you're stuck in the house with someone for, you know, seven months out of the year. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. What else so is there makes to sense. do other it, than to watch TV and fuck? You know what I'm saying? It, exactly. Yeah, it, it's crazy when you start uh, breaking it down that way. It totally makes sense just off of just based off of kind of like where our culture is spread out throughout the United States. 
And it seems that, where's acts of service at? Uh, acts of acts of service. Yeah, so those are the, the West Coast ones. And then words of affirmation really don't take up too much space in the United States. They're kind of like more in the Midwest, like Georgia. Well, not Georgia wouldn't be considered Midwest, but like Louisiana, mm-hmm. places like that. And um, so that's just like gives you an idea. These are all Google search, uh, basic Google Trends search data over a 12-month window. So it doesn't encompass the whole, but it's, it kind of gives you some perspective. And then there's most popular love languages according to a survey of 2,600 people. Which one do you think out of this 2,600 people had the highest percentage, Jen? The highest percentage? Mm. Yeah, out of the five. Oh, man. I would, I would say I'm going to go with... My top love language, acts of service. No, that one only got out of, you know, 100%, 11.8%. Really? Interesting. 11.8%. Okay. The highest one, the highest one that got the, the highest percentage is quality time. So that was at really? 41.6%. Well, right? so it, after the last 18 months, everybody got lots of quality time together. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder I, what the love language is now. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll see it change. So there were 41.6 quality time. And then the second one on that list is words of affirmation. So that's at 18.5%. Mm-hmm. And then uh, trails down to physical touch at 15.4%, receiving gifts at 12.6%, and then acts of service, 11.8% uh, is acts of service. You're a dying breed, Jen. Wow. All right. These are just these are just um, um, some stats of uh, just 2,600 people. So it just gives you a good idea of... Everybody falls all over the spectrum, you know. And this is in um, the U.S.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's in the U.S. So, me and Jen, we took this test. Did you take your test? I did, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to go over our, our percentages here, Jen. Right. <clears throat> and maybe what we'll do, we'll guess. We'll, we'll, we'll guess each other's love languages, right? Okay. And we'll see kind of where we land on the spectrum with that. So, you go first. Which one do you think is my most prominent one? I think your most prominent one is going to be a uh, physical touch. Physical touch? Yep. And I would but say number you, two would be quality time. Quality time? But why do you, but why is that though, Jen? But why? Okay. But why so? Um I mean you're a Libra, so you're such a loving kind of lovey gushy kind of person so i don't know whenever i think of somebody like you i think that that's what they would like well you got when very you're a close. cold-hearted bitch like me <laughs> you get zero on that's your why physical we, that's touch. Why we contrast well jen <laughs> you're the voice of reason when it comes to uh my softness you know what i mean because yeah. i can get myself into a lot of trouble with that whole sort of romantic vibe that i got with my scales going on you know yeah oh you're Especially. totally yeah you're totally a romantic yeah yeah, I'm 100%. like I, I I'll I'll be talking to Jen on the phone and I'm just like romanticizing a really toxic person and she's like, You need to calm your ass down. <laughs> I'm like, this person sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you're like just he's like, I get what you're saying, but you realize this person sucks, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? You know what? And she's gotta she's gotta talk me back down from this sort of like cloud of ro- romanticism that I find myself in. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to romanticize things, but you have oh, to no, not at all. You gotta have some boundaries with that. But you do well with facts. So when I start providing examples of why you shouldn't be thinking that way, you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, well, you got a point there. Yeah, no, she did do that. Yep. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. 
Yeah, you'd be like, you know, the, this percentage of this person is at about 90%. That 90% is all the people that think this person sucks. So <laughs> come back to reality, Eric. I think it's right. cute. Yeah. So you, 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 you were close. You were close, but you had them um, kind of transposed. So, oh, okay. And this actually surprised me, Jen. I actually thought, it did? I thought that physical touch would be my first. Oh, okay. So, but okay. quality time was my first. That makes sense. Yeah. So I got 33% quality time, 30% physical touch, uh, 27% words of affirmation, 10% acts of service, and absolutely 0% with receiving gifts. Interesting. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense because like physical proximity is really important. You know, yeah. like as uh, I'm somebody that likes to communicate. So when I have like my partner or the person that I'm dating in front of me and these, these, these can go for platonic, non-platonic people too. This can be with friends and anybody. This is just how you receive love from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, quality time, quality time is really important to me, you know, yeah, especially nowadays where people, people, there's a, a, there's a loss of time that people experience in pretty much everything. So if somebody has enough time to sit in front of me or spend time with me, like that means a lot. Time is the only non-renewable resource. Yeah, and the paradox behind that is that it's one of those things that doesn't even really exist. That's so true. You know, so the second one of those physical touch, you know, there's there's something tangible about having somebody there next to you. And words of affirmation, I look at that as like communication, um, you know, seeking healthy amounts of validation from people that you're doing good, that help you along your path and inspire you to be better. And an yeah. acts of service, I can kind of take or leave acts of service because me, you could also look at quality time and physical touch, words of affirmation as a form of acts of service. Yeah. You know, I receiving gifts, true. I like taking them. I appreciate them, but I don't exactly equate that to love. What's, your, what's the best gift you ever received? I the think best I gift I've ever received? Mm-hmm. Like, are we talking like more 3D type of stuff? Because I can just get all... No, you know, no, the most super, thoughtful, like the most thoughtful gift that like really touched your heart. Um, I think my family. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And that's that's more of like an existential thing. That's that's yeah, more of like a, a universal thing, right? So right. I, I guess I, I'm really appreciative of the the family and friends that I have. And those are like the greatest gifts. That's really sweet. That's not what yeah. I was asking, but that's really sweet. Yeah, I, I, had, I, had an, I had an idea that that wasn't what you were asking, but yeah. I might as well play it from that field first and then we can go back down. I think that one of the best gifts that I've ever received, oh, sh- I'd have to, maybe my cat, my cat that was That was a gift? She was well, a gift? I, I guess we got to put into context what we consider a gift. I feel like anything that has come across my path. No, no. That I appreciate. No, something that someone gave you. You got to be clear, Jen. Oh, shit. Okay, so. Something that what? somebody gave me? Yes. Hmm. That's a really good question. We'll have to come back to that because I've been given so many amazing things in my life. Yeah, you and have. And to be honest, I look at them all equally. Okay. Um, it's hard for me to think of uh, something that somebody's given me that's like really, really meant a lot. Ooh, and that could get you in trouble too because lots of people listen to our podcast. You know what's like a I'm really sure good gift? I'm sure people who have given you gifts and they're you like, shit, he didn't say a... my gift. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I, we'll come back to that one. We'll come back okay. to it. Well, let's, let's talk about yours, Jen, because I, I, I went through this. This was actually a series of tests, and I think there was probably over 20 or 30 questions um, that helped determine where you fall on the spectrum. So my prim- primary love language is quality time. So yours, I imagine, just based off of how I know you, is more than likely acts of service. 
Yes, it was overwhelmingly my number one. I think you actually gave it away at the beginning of the podcast too. I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I've talked about it on other podcasts too. Like this is, yeah. I, I just love it when Jeremy does the dishes or will take the dogs out or make coffee or makes me lunch, anything like that. I'm like, oh, you know, if I'm really busy and he comes in with this delicious sandwich, what is it about sandwiches that you don't make? If someone else makes a sandwich, it tastes so good and you make yourself you know a sandwich I, and it's just like some regular ass white that's bread like again. when somebody womp gives womp. it's like that's like when you give your yourself a massage in comparison yeah. to somebody giving you a massage it yeah it's like you're massaging the same muscles but for whatever reason it just feels better when somebody else is doing it. and that's when i start when I, that's when i really think about the energetic component behind things mm-hmm. you know like there's yeah. just uh you can feel the love that you your partner has for you through something like a massage Mm-hmm. And when you're doing it yourself, yeah, you have that love, but there's just there's just a, a different type of energy. You know? I feel love through food too. When so what my, you're what you're talking when about? When my grandma though? cooks food, it's just so much better because there's so much love in it. Yeah, yeah. I'll this use the same recipe, and it doesn't doesn't taste the same. Grandma's old butter biscuits. Oh man, biscuits, biscuits and yeah. gravy, shit on a shingle oh, yeah. is what they call it in the south. Oh yeah. And then you, and then, and then, you know, she passes down that recipe through your sort of family, family heirloom. And then when you sit down and actually get it, she will never, ever write it down. Mm-hmm. And you want like measurements. You want to be like, well, how much salt, how much condensed milk do I put in this? And they just said, you, you know what she says to you? She said, you just got to feel it. <laughs> yeah. You just got to feel it. It can't yeah. be taught. Yeah. And in some ways those grandmas are like little sages. You know why? Because you know what those Eastern gurus say? It what can't be say? taught. It's true can't be taught so you know word up to the grandmothers out there but in response to your your mess your your uh what you were talking about the sandwiches mm-hmm. because your acts of service what i think it is is that you know that it requires somebody to build it for you yeah you know? yeah maybe that's it um and i appreciate him the most when he does something that he doesn't want to do because he knows that i want him to do it so a perfect <laughs> example of this <laughs> would be like going to one of my friend's birthday dinners. Does he uh-huh. want to go to birthday dinner of my friend that he doesn't really know that well? Or maybe even my friend that he doesn't like that much? Uh-huh. No, he doesn't. But he goes and he even pays. So, you know, it's it's things like that that I really appreciate. I'm like, yeah, that was, and, and, that and, was nice. And then, when, and then when you think about all the other love languages there are, I mean, you can see how all those other, you know, four remaining ones kind of are worked into that acts of service all collaboratively together. Absolutely. What were your second, what were your other ones? So my acts of service was 40%. No surprise there. My um, second one was quality time at 30%. So I think that kind of goes hand in hand a little bit though with acts of service. Like it does. I don't know. Yeah. And then uh, my third was words of affirmation. Uh huh. And my fourth was receiving gifts at 10%. So, and I can tell you exactly where that came from. So I'm going to share a little story about Valentine's day. Why you don't like getting gifts? I hate getting gifts. It just makes me very uncomfortable. Just like when somebody like comments on, on the way I look or they'll say like, Oh, you're pretty or this or that. It makes me very uncomfortable. Um, I'm not good at like receiving gifts or compliments. I don't, it makes me feel weird. So yeah. So, but there was a time about, two two years ago and jeremy said hey let's have a uh valentine's day dinner at our house and i was like our house is not ready 
for a Valentine's Day dinner for 30 people because we were yeah. remodeling and everything was crazy. So um, he announces it at a party that we're at and everybody's like, great idea. We'll be there. And I looked at him like, motherfucker, we have so much to do on this house. This is crazy. So um, I, the, the day of the party, I am cooking. I've, I've got the paint can out. I'm painting a wall, doing touch-ups, putting in trim. I mean, the whole nine. And where's Jeremy? He went golfing with his boss. And I said, Jeremy, this was your idea. And here I am cooking and doing all the shit. Do not come home from the golf course drunk. And your ass better be on time to help me with, you know, the last minute things. Okay, okay, I promise. I'll be on time and I won't come home drunk. Okay. Guess what happened? He came home just really sober. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and late. So people late? are showing up and he bebops in the door, fucking willy nilly, woo, got his buzz on, having a good time. And I am pissed. So, you know, we do the whole dinner, everybody has a nice time, whatever. And uh, we're cleaning up and uh, and he knew he was in trouble. You know, in his, he better in have his gotten, defense, gotten though, me a fucking gift. I better it, oh, have yeah, yeah. I better have a fucking gift for all this bullshit. <laughs> he did they not me a even Tiffany's get bracelet. Me. He did not even get me a card. I didn't get shit. I'm like, they give you nothing? No, nothing. So uh, we had a chat about that. I'm like, you can't plan a party that I don't want to have. Leave me here to handle all the shit. Come home drunk and not get a gift. You can't. You can't do all that. And he was like, Well, I did get you a card. It's oh. in the car. I forgot oh. to fill it out. Do you want me to go fill it out? I'm like, no, I don't want you to go fill it out. Let me tell you how to give me my gift. I'm like, no, never mind. Forget it. Oh my it. God. He needs Jesus. He, he is the, bless his heart, because he's a sweet person. He is the worst gift giver ever. <laughs> like, he, he's clueless. So uh, anyway, when I was he, answering the to, questions. You to tell him to listen to our podcast, Jen. I know. So when you know? I was answering these questions, that story came to mind because uh there was one of the questions was kind of like related to a holiday and getting a gift and I was like yeah I'm gonna go ahead and select that one because that made me think of that story but um I actually got a zero percent on physical touch really (laughs) yeah but which doesn't doesn't surprise surprise me me. I know like I know you because you're an Aquarius and access service is definitely your thing but that's what that's interesting right because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that would never ever think of just axing all the rest of those and just, you know, qual- uh, acts of service being predominantly, I guess, the, the main ruling sort of one of the five. Mm-hmm. So everybody's so different. Yeah. You know? In, so in his different. defense, though, just on a side note, he was with his boss and, yeah. you know, that's usually some serious shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll give him that. And that's why he wasn't in that big of trouble. But yeah, it was more, it was more that I didn't want to have the party in the first place. And then I got like coerced into it and then had to do all the work but the good news is and this was the upside as the next day my honeydew list was this long to finish things that we didn't get to and he did them all by himself because he knew mama was mad oh he redeemed himself (laughs) he redeemed himself yeah oh nice a a, a few sandwiches later and he's back on top that's right that's all it takes you know yeah yeah so Yeah. So like me and Jen, we're, we're, you were very different when it comes to how we receive um, love um, and our love languages um, can be taken into consideration with that. So what we're going to do is we're just going to break it down for everybody. If you guys actually want to take the test, all you have to do is just go on fivelovelanguages.com 
And uh, the author put together a, a nice little quiz that you guys can take. You can figure out what yours is. His name is Gary Chapman again. So we're going to go over and read them off, and then we'll go into just a little bit more in depth as to the psychology behind this, how you guys can apply it to your own life, what it means to you in a relationship, and um, what it doesn't mean in a relationship. These are like the, this is the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. So we're going to go ahead All and right. just read off these really quick. The first one, quality time. According to Dr. Chapman, who's the fellow that wrote the book, he's a doctor, so you know he's legit. It says, quality time is giving someone your undivided attention. I don't mean sitting on a couch watching television. I mean sitting on the couch with TV off, looking at each other and talking. Basically, like building strong relationships comes from meaningful connections. So intentional, uh, an intentional sort of form of quality time is just being with each other, like physical proximity. And I know exactly what this like. this is like because I've dated somebody that's like that, where it's like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Jen, where it's like you're you're in the same room with somebody and you're not even doing the same things, but you're just, there's this sort of collective understanding. Well, I mean, this is in contrast to what we're talking about. I, I translated it as, as quality time where we had something called a creation station where I was working on, let's just say some video editing stuff. And she was right next to me reading a book, mm-hmm. you know? And so there was this, this sort of warmth and understanding and comfort of being in each other's space. And that was actually very inspiring because that person wasn't being codependent. They weren't saying like, hey, pay attention to me. I need more of this. There was just sort of just general understanding of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And in that same um, in that same situation, I remember actually sitting down on the couch with this person and we would, act, we, I remember we got a book out and I held it in my hand. We were laying down um, on the, the sofa and we take turns reading paragraphs out of this book. How cute is that? Oh, you're right? such a romantic. I love how is, cute that is. Isn't that some Libra shit? That's some Libra shit right there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so and, and then you drew her a bath and, and brought her some wine while she was taking a hot bath. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. just to preface, this was actually the book that we were reading was Think Like a Muck by Jay Shetty. That's a long book. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we didn't go through the whole book. Right? No. Yeah, of so course not. There, there, there has to be a collective understanding of what your love language is. But in that situation, we both just vibed in that way. You know, and I think in my mind, yeah, I could have, you know, drawn her a bath and, you know, maybe that's in the cards for some situation in the future. But quality time is exactly that, where you both have a mutual understanding of what it means to share an intentional space with somebody. You know, when I was, when I was in nursing school, I had a really good uh, guy friend and uh, I'm in school and I was studying all the time and he wanted to hang out and I was like, I have to study. And he was like, well, I also, he was a screenplay writer uh, as a hobby. So he was like, okay, well, let's just meet at a coffee shop and we'll just like hang out and you can study and I'll write my screenplay. And uh, that's how we would hang out together. We didn't even talk. I mean, I'm studying, he's doing his thing, but just to be out of the house and be around another person that you care about is enough. I mean, there's- exactly. A weird type of, I don't know, energy where you're still connecting even if you're not talking. Right. Yeah. And, and this goes for, again, uh, not platonic, non-platonic. I mean, family loves having you around. Yeah. You know, oh, that yeah. warmth that you feel when you're with your family, with your mom. I mean, quality time is like a huge, huge um, indicator of love in those type of scenarios. For sure. But if your love language is predominantly quality time, it's important that you find a partner that is willing to share space with you. So maybe mm-hmm. somebody that lives long distance probably won't, wouldn't be a good fit for you unless you guys make the conscious effort to meet up together in the same city and spend, you know, 
substantial periods of time, maybe once or twice a month or, you know, however That is a whole podcast. I mean, long distance relationships, there are a lot of dynamics in that. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast on that. Maybe we will. Yeah. 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 And let us know. Yeah. So quality time. So that's, that's quality time and then acts of service, according to Dr. Chapman, which is the next one is it is the nonverbal form of love that can be time consuming uh, and exhausting. But if it's what your partner needs, then it's, it's, it's worth the effort. It is described as doing something for your spouse or partner that you know they would like, such as cooking for them, cooking their favorite food, cleaning their car, taking care of your partner's loved one for having uh, a stroke, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically this, this love language acts of service is about demonstrations of love, right? So yeah. acts of service, you know, Jen, you can probably speak to this and we've kind of been talking about it, which is just doing something nice for somebody. So if you have a girlfriend and you know her, she's already at three, 4,000 miles on her car, you know, go on YouTube and change her oil for her. Oh, that's what, yeah, that'd be really nice. Yeah. That's a and, nice and thoughtful thing. Something like that. Or make a, make a sandwich. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's, it's even like little dumb stuff. Um, if we are going to the grocery store, he puts all the groceries in the car so I can just get in and sit down. Or if it's, if it's cold, he'll turn the car on early and make it warm. So whenever I go out to the car, it's, it's not cold. I mean, it's like little things that he does that are really thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. So who do you think, um, acts of service, somebody that is predominantly acts of service, what would be uh, some conflict that they'll run into? Uh, what would be the wrong person to be with somebody with acts of service? Um, someone who is not thoughtful in that way. So, uh, I have pretty much every other guy I dated. (laughs) (laughs) I have a long list. Yeah. 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 So So maybe somebody that is, uh, their love language is completely different. You know, it's, I I think it's, it's kind of hard. It's hard to be with someone that you don't have some of these things in common, you know, like I'm, I'm a physical touch zero. So I couldn't be with somebody who was a 50 or 60% physical touch. I mean, that would, I would feel crowded. So, you know, I think you have to have some of these in, in common. Right. Absolutely. We'll get down to the psychology of it after we go through all of this list, because you're absolutely right. Uh, if we relate this to psychology, actually, I think human beings just like to feel that warm sort of fuzzy feeling when we get, you know, the, the, the feeling that we get from selfless acts. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, neurobiologists also found out that selfless acts activate the reward centers of the brain. So you got oh, a bunch of neurochemicals, oxytocin, norepinephrine, dopamine, all these things that just sort of start to fire whenever somebody does something nice for you. So you know for your acts of service. Gets me going too is vacuuming. There's something about really? instant gratification of vacuuming and seeing like the clean lines in the floor. I love that. Really? I love to vacuum. That's one of my favorite chores to do. I mean, yeah. I, I resonate with acts of service. I'll always appreciate somebody doing something nice for me, but you know, it, it, it it's physical touch and uh, quality time are really, really important. But just like you say, we can wrap all of these into one. I mean, we all have percentages, higher and lower percentages of all of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. so acts of service, that's acts of service. We're going to go into gift giving, which is receiving gifts. According to Dr. Chapman, this love language is not about the items that you give. It's about showing them the effort in improving that you are thinking of them and that you listen and care for them. Mm-hmm. This actual love language is often misunderstood. For other people, receiving gifts can be sort of like um, greedy because for them, the I guess the recipient is more focused on the gift than the thought behind it. 
Right. Yeah. So we have to be really, really clear because we're not talking about, you know, the, the most expensive thing equates to the type of love that you provide. So it, it, it's not one of those things where the measurement of love is based off of how expensive the item is. You know, so say they get you a Michael Kors purse or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything like that. It could be just as, as simple as just like a, a a gesture, you know. You know, I uh, actually got a gift recently that I thought was hilarious. So uh, I just, over COVID, I took up golf, right? Because there wasn't much to do and you could do that outside. And my husband's a really good golfer and his brother is a pro golfer. So they have golfed their whole life. And, uh, since we took up golfing, Jeremy ordered me a, um, a marker and it says talk birdie to me. Really? Isn't that cute? Talk birdie to me. Do you That's know so what a birdie funny, is Jen. in golf? That's so yeah. funny. I, I, I kind of know, I know that it has affiliated with golf, but I couldn't tell you what it meant. Okay. So <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. A birdie. Yeah. So I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was really cute. Yeah. That it was so, a thoughtful gift. Like, you know. Maybe was was ten dollars, but I thought yeah, it was really like I'm a thoughtful gift type of person. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of people in my life they don't necessarily care about how expensive something is. But I think this is a good example of a thoughtful gift is you understanding the person, like you knowing what they like, knowing what their hobbies are, and buying them something really practical that they could possibly even use for that. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day I met a, I met this um, <clears throat> this sort of mentally challenged, sort of like um, mentally disabled. Um, guy that I ended up actually playing chess with. Okay. And it came up in a conversation that he was really into chess and he happened to have a chess board with him. And he was just like the sweetest guy. And he asked me if I knew how to play chess. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. It, actually, chess was one of my favorite games growing up because it was a game that I used to play with my father. Oh, okay. And um, I didn't know that. I, <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to sit down. He wanted me to sit down with him and play chess. Right. So we played. He completely kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he was so intelligent, really, really, really amazing person. And it inspired me. He inspired me, you know, like he inspired me. So what I did is uh, the day after I met him, I went on and bought him a, uh, one of those uh, chess timers that they used to use oh, in cool. like competitive chess. Yeah. Cause he was talking about like how he really, really loved chess and he always wanted to use one of those timers. Oh, cute. Um, so I, I went it. and I got him a, 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 a chess timer. So the next time I see him, I can give it to him. Oh, you know, and that chess timer was only like, like 10, 15 bucks, yeah. you know, but it's it's like reading intuitively into what somebody's interests are, you know. Like if it was your your mother and you know that she likes to cook, just you know get her like a nice cutting board or a spatula, like something that shows that you pay attention to them as a person. I love that. Not necessarily that you're trying to win them over with something expensive. You know, I, I dated a guy years and years ago, and uh, he was out of town for work and brought me back a gift, and. Um, and he was like, you have to guess what it is. And I'm like, how, how the hell am I going to guess what it is? I mean, you were in Auschwitz. I, I don't know what what would be there. And he was like, it's your two favorite things. And I was like, I thought about it. I was like, what is my favorite thing? I said, coffee. And he was like, yes. I was like, all right, first yeah. one. And he was like, and one other thing. I was thinking so hard. And I was like, man, I don't know. And it was chocolate. And those are my two favorite things. I love coffee and chocolate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but so thoughtful. Chocolates, chocolate's got, it stimulates the same receptors of, uh, as like, you know, more illicit substances. You know what I mean? It's a, hey, so an yeah. aphrodisiac. I'm about So it. I feel like the, the, the gift giving is, is, is if you're going to give a gift to somebody, it's like maybe a gift that they, you know, that they can use in their regular everyday life. 
you know, something mm-hmm. very, very considerate, but also pay really close attention because some girl can say that she's really into gifts and she could expect you to just drop a couple of G's on some Dol- some some Louis Vuitton type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if that's your vibe, that's fine. But we're not talking about materialistic stuff here. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're going to go on the next one, which is physical touch. And uh, physical touch. Let's see here. Physical touch is the physical expression of love. It is a nonverbal love language that focuses more on intimacy. It could be holding hands, laying your hand on your partner's shoulder, simply, you know, just like a hug. So it's it's definitely physical in nature. And we tend to kind of think of it more in like a sensual need sort of way. Whenever you, somebody says physical touch, that your sort of ego pops in and is like, oh, you someone like the fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and just go straight to well sex be. whenever you say physical touch, I'm like yeah skip it all yeah yeah and there there are there are a, there's a spectrum because i've actually been with 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 people where it's like you know you're you're making love like five times a day you know and that can be that's a different type of energy that's involved with that but yeah. physical touch we're not talking about specifically just sensual needs but also you know uh it's it's, it's more than it's more than sex and sensual needs having physical touch as your love language just can be a little tricky your, pay, your partner may not understand what you want, and it can create some frustration. In psychology, touch is the first sense that we uh, acquire when we're infants, right? So that's one of those things that's sort of like really hard grain into your physiology and just how you give and receive love. It's our first form of communication with the world, and um, it's critical in our social and behavioral development. One, there's actually one research that I read that says by touching, we have the ability to send and receive emotional signals from other people. Okay. Yeah. yeah I believe that. I believe Another, that. With a, I think about a hug, right? Yeah. Whenever you hug someone and you're like heart to heart with someone, mm-hmm. you totally receive who they are. Yeah, it's just like another form of communication, you know? Yeah. You're, you're communicating like positive emotions like joy, love, gratitude, sympathy. And... um holding space I feel like is uh, what comes up for me is that like you know when someone's having a particularly hard time say you have a friend there and you wouldn't think so but just somebody just like reaching out their hand and just put it on your back or just you're it, it's almost the same as saying like I'm here like I understand like you exist mm-hmm. yeah. it's almost like a form of expressing to somebody that you exist and I acknowledge in this huge world of seven eight billion people I could have had anybody come across my path but in this moment you exist you know, and that's really powerful. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So touch is very, oh. very, very crucial and happens to be one of my my uh, favorite favorite love languages. I wanted to ask you, though, Jen, so, and then there's, uh, let's just say, words of affirmation. Did we, did we talk about words of affirmation? I don't think so. Yeah. So we're, words of affirmation, according to Dr. Chapman, I think this is the fifth one, is the expression of love through verbal communication. And this verbal communication is supportive, encouraging, appreciative, and affirmative. Yeah. It can also be shown in written messages such as love notes, love letters, and such. And this is such a, a vast subject because, I mean, did you think, do you think that people that ascribe to the whole words of affirmation like dirty talk in the bedroom? Ooh, probably. If, right? If communication is their thing, yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, you're just such a great person, such a great lover. I don't think that's yeah. dirty talk, but I'm making a PG. Yeah, no, but I think they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. According to Dr. Catherine Lively, affirmations are used to reprogram the subconscious mind to help us create the reality that we want. That's right. 
Do you no. do affirmations after a meditation or even sometimes during a medita- meditation? Do I? Mm-hmm. Oh like yeah. Affirmations for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Affirmations are really important because it's like, you know, we, we go through great lengths to get sort of validation from other people. We, mm-hmm. we do this thing where we externalize our sort of self-worth with other people and um, we seek uh, sort of there another form of affirmation through the mouths of other people. Right. And that's, that can feel good. But when you're somebody that's maybe codependent and you're seeking, and that's the only form that you, way that you get validation, it, it can sometimes be toxic because it's not something that you're cultivating yourself. So mm-hmm. words of affirm, like affirmations that you're talking about, ones that you say to yourself before and after meditation are really powerful because you're validating yourself, you know, like you're really checking in with the deepest aspects of who you are. And some of those affirmations can come as questions or statements. And <clears throat> to have those affirmations just be so intimately close to you where there's nobody else involved to get your own validation through affirmations are really important. Yeah, I agree. Because you know, we want to we feel valued and appreciated. And um, we're, social, we're social creatures. And when I think of uh, words of affirmation, I think of, you know, um, something that I just said, which is like we're we live in a really really vast community of people, and the only way that we interface with each other predominantly at the beginning is through communication. So, communication usually comes first before any sort of physical interaction. You know, so if we're communicating, loving, and I this this stands very true for me as a sound healer because in my classes I always talk about like everybody that comes in and everybody just in general are sound healers because. God and source of giving us the ability to speak. So we have an ultimate responsibility to do good with it, which is saying loving things to other people. And so I've heard you say that before and I love that. I yeah. That's a really so I'm like, you guys are statement. all sound healers. Yeah. You guys are all light workers. And anything that you say out of love is an affirmation. Right? So anything that you say out of love is an affirmation and that validates a lot of things. And it's really, really healthy. So I really, really resonate with words of affirmation. Like that. Yeah. So those are the those are the the, the five love languages. And um, one thing that I do want to talk about is, is all of you guys, uh, whoever that's listening, take the test. But it, it, any of the ones, the five ones that we've just mentioned, they resonate with you. Um, that's definitely a good thing. But the one thing that this book isn't meant to do is it's not meant to quantify certain relationships into one of these five buckets. You right. know, one, it's not in one size fits all. It's not going to solve all of your issues in your relationship. It's just not going to do that. What it's meant to do is to just give you a good reference point as to where to start understanding your partner um, in your relationship. Yeah. Right. And um, I went on YouTube and I watched a bunch of videos and I've read like different articles about the, the five love languages. And it can sometimes be polarizing because what some people do is they think that somehow they need to just pick one. Yeah. And we got to pay really, really close attention to that because anytime we start picking a side, just even in life, what ends up happening? We have one side that we ascribe to and then the other side is one that we don't. And what happens when we start picking sides? We start fighting with each other. So what I mean by my fighting is that if you say that you're somebody that's into physical touch and you start saying like, oh, I don't vibe with people that are acts of service, you're just going to polarize yourself and it's really kind of an unrealistic way to look at it because if you're in a relationship for example jen and you really love somebody Mm -hmm. all five of these love languages you'll find are integrated into 
the whole foundation of your relationship just from the very, just, just in general. For sure. I mean, this is just a tool to help you better understand your partner. I mean, yeah. maybe they do things that irritate the shit out of you. And then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, that because their love language is, is this and mine is this. That's, that's why they're irritating me. Yeah. So these things aren't necessarily meant to just match you. Say you find somebody that, you know, uh, you're, you're a physical touch type of person and you find somebody that's physical touch. It's not an automatic pass. Right. It doesn't automatically mean that you guys are just going <clears> to <throat> be super you know, compatible. Be super happy. compatible. Exactly. Because at the same time, sometimes we need some contrast. Oh, you need you know, so much more. I mean, there's, some, yeah, there's this, this is a great tool, but there's so much more to make a relationship work. Yeah. Trust, yeah, communication, having this similar values. Yeah. Like for example, say, say you are married to say your, your love language is physical touch and you're mm -hmm. married to somebody that's a words of affirmation, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't mean that you won't receive affection from that person. Obviously, if you're married to somebody, for example, you plan on having kids, you know, what do you do? She's not just going to sit there angry that you're touching her. You have right. to collaborate in order to have a child, <laughs> right? So everybody collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Like she, she's For not sure. just going to be completely deterred by the fact that you want some of this physical attention in order to create a child. Like yeah. most people like physical attention. We're just talking about a spectrum. Some people like acts of service more than they like physical, physical touch. So it's not necessarily there to match. It's just about learning to understand your partner a little bit more and understanding mm -hmm. that contrast is good. Yeah. There was this uh, YouTube channel called Apex Mindset. I don't know why I came across this one. And uh, the guy that owns the, owns the channel, his name is Richard Cooper. He said that this book was a complete waste of time. Oh, And he was just I like, you disagree. know, instead of reading this book and go over these five langu love languages, you should be working on your relationship. And he was seeing it as a sort of like ultimate fix, you know, yeah, and the way that he was that. talking about it was like, oh, how is this thing going to solve all your issues? And I'm like, it's not. It's not. Yeah. This it's is just a step to, in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. It's just because you got to think about it. Maybe the people listening to this podcast more or less have a grip on uh, how to intuitively read your partner. Because if you're already into this sort of new age community, you're probably up on all the different types of dynamics of love. But we also have to respect the fact that there are other people out there that this stuff doesn't come very easy to them. You know, it doesn't come natural. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't come very natural to them. You know, like when I sit with somebody that I'm dating or somebody that I'm with my significant other, I pay very, very close attention to their behaviors, how they communicate, how they give and receive love. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, as a part of the spiritual community, it's warranted. It's really, really important because love is at the basis of all of that and being completely aware and awareness, awareness is the platform from which you could actually see all five like love languages working collaboratively together. Now, when you're okay. not working from awareness, that's when you start zeroing in on specific things saying like, this is, you know, physical touch. And then this is, you start, you start sort of being a little bit more divisive. Right. So I think that, um, many of these can be intuitive. You know, if we practice awareness, you can pick up on all these different love languages in your partner. You know, and then some people also criticize the love languages, saying that there's a selfish quality to them. What? You know? Oh, yeah. Because when you look at it from one primary language, uh, it kind of can come across that way. Um, I basically like some people will use it as a way to get what they want. It's like, well, if okay. I understand your love languages and I and, and and I get a vibe that you're into gift giving, well, I can just give you gifts, and somehow it's just gonna blindly allow you to cultivate this love for me 
You know? Yeah, my dad's a, a, a gift giver, big time. And that's how he shows his love. Yeah. He doesn't and expect gifts, but that's how he shows love. It's yeah. odd. And that's okay. But I'm talking about people that like use it to pull fast ones on other people where it's like, okay, yeah. you know, I'll be a terrible person, but I'll sleep with you because that's your love language. Or yeah. help you feel better. That's like a toxic way of using these things. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You know. Like, I'm going to cheat on you, but here I bought you this nice bag. Yeah. So you definitely don't want to get into that whole game of like give and take, like, oh, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. Like, I'll I'll communicate your physical touch if you communicate my acts of service. Right. That's the wrong way to look at it, you know, because really what these things represent are the fundamentals of any healthy relationship. Yeah. You know, even if you don't believe in love languages, you can still gather these qualities that exist in in, in every relationship if you're paying attention. I would Mm -hmm. say that a healthy relationship has all five of these spread across the board. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So these are just meant to give you perspective and to give us a good starting point. You know, if you truly love someone, um, first of all, you'll, you'll do all these five love languages in general. So what do you think is the most important thing in a relationship? If you could pick most one important. thing outside of the, outside of the love languages, what would be the number one thing? Communication. Kind of, oh yeah. Mine too. Yeah. It, it has to be. Yeah. yeah it's, it's. It's about like communication is the basis behind any human interaction. Communication is the only reason why you have your partner, mm-hmm. right? Because you're in the wild. Let's just call it the wild, whether or not you're in the city or the country. Like you might as well be called that. Like it you is guys the wild. are two, com- you guys are com- two completely different paths. The single life somehow, is crazy. It's a jungle. <laughs> and somehow through the nature, the grace of God, you guys come across your path. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know that like if, if the, if the earth was off its axis, but even just like a, an inch or a centimeter, like none of this would exist. Mm-hmm. Everything is so approximate, you know? Everything is so approximate. And the, the, the and I think Deepak Chopra had this quote where he says that like we should all be in a perpetual state of amazement that we even exist at all. Amen. You know? And so whenever you meet somebody, you know, it seems so synchronistic. If you're really looking at like the, the sort of esoteric sacred aspect of it, like you could have taken one step forward that day or one step back where you could have answered a call or you wouldn't have answered a call and you would have completely missed this person. Mm-hmm. But somehow everything that day leading up to that point, I live, you know, 36 years of my life and then I meet this person. It all just sort of makes sense and comes together. You know, love is such a secret thing, how we meet each other. And then when you finally meet that person face to face, you communicate. Yeah. And the way that you communicate, at least in the beginning is like a large really, really important piece as to whether or not that person decides to collaborate with you in a relationship. So I feel like communication is so important. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, and communication is important because uh, as long as we're communicating, we're getting that sort of feedback uh, and affirmation and validation from other people that you even exist. You know, like yeah. how, how do we even get a sense of who we are as people without communication? Because a large part of how we gather our ego and gather our sense of self comes from the feedback of others. Absolutely. You know? I think uh, along with working on how you communicate words of affirmation and words of love and, and things like that, also work on how you communicate fear and how you communicate anger. So mm-hmm. kind of working on the, if there were four points to communication, that would be it. I mean, and I think it's so much harder. It's so much harder to talk about things that make you uncomfortable than the things that are, especially in the beginning of a relationship that are all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. 
That's an important thing that you brought up. It's absolutely true. You notice that when things are going really well with your partner, you're not really thinking too much about it because you're just too busy being present. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh it, it's easier to give into those moments because you're you're not being tethered by your ideas or you know the the static of your mind. A lot of the time when you talk to people that like are having a good time or if you remember really happy moments, like you were so integrated with that. That's the reason why they go by so fast. Mm-hmm. Like you were just lost in eternity with this person and you yeah. just feel completely connected. You don't even have time to think about all the other stuff. But I'm not just, I'm saying those good times and happy moments are really, really important. But the one thing that will define a relationship are those difficult moments that you experience. Because how do you move through difficult moments? You communicate. Mm-hmm. And when I think back of all the relationships that I had, the most meaningful aspects of those relationships were how you move and navigate through difficult situations together. Absolutely. How you can compromise, how you can create healthy boundaries, and how you could collaborate, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's really unrealistic to feel or to think that you're going to get through a relationship unscathed. I mean, life is really, really complex. And at the, at the very core, we're very, very different people from anybody that we meet. So we're going to run into situations where they piss us off. Mm -hmm. They're going to run into situations where they grind our gears and wrap us around the axle. Yeah. You know, (laughs) so I think it's really important to practice communication. And you, I think, think you said it like communication is at the and those people that think like, <clears throat> well, when I when I was basically saying that like these aren't going to be end all be alls for your relationship, the five love languages, because mm-hmm. the one thing that you need in order to activate all of these is communication. Yep, that is that is the glue that holds all of this together. It is the glue that holds all of this together. So, what I would suggest everybody that's listening, if you guys have a, if you guys if you have a fantastic relationship, that's great. But this is just to give you guys some perspective, just some cliff notes that you can use. If you have a partner that, you know, you want to express physical interaction with, but somehow she's just not as into it as you are, you can come to a determination that she may not even be for you. Or if you're willing to understand her, you're willing to put in in the work to understand how she receives love, then these five, these five love languages could help you out a lot. It's true. Coming yeah, to could, that. You could have a me on your hands. With a zero in the physical touch category. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jen's not a rare breed. Don't She's touch very, me. Very yeah. I think you were telling me that, like you, you, if you had it your way, you'd live in two different houses on the same property, on the same 100%. compound. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 more about uh, I just like a clean house, and yeah. I live with Pigpen. Okay, so if you had a clean pen. house, then that sort of two house thing wouldn't really be a thing. Um, no, I, I also like my alone time. <laughs> so yeah. that's, I mean, the clean house is part of it, but I like to be my, by myself too. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's your love language and you found somebody that can communicate <laughs> that with you. Jen. I'm a weirdo. And it's amazing that I found anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, my course down, the difficulty for me is just romanticizing things. I'm a Libra physical touch, words of affirmation. I'm spread across the board. You know, all my little languages are activated and maybe that's the reason why, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I'm always going to be a romantic. You must have been a Cupid in a past life. A Cupid? Yeah. Oh, you know, those little naked arrows? babies shooting arrows. Uh, those are called cherubs. Cherubs, yeah. 
Yeah. But right? Cupid is the one that specifically... Cheer Brock on the radio? Yeah. Cupid's the one that specifically shoots you in the heart with the shoots love Shoots you arrow. in the heart? Oh, mm-hmm. he goes right for the heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. And one of those mythological sort of Greek figures, the cherub. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in to Divine Nobody's podcast. Again, you can go on the website, Five Love Languages. You can actually just pick up the book. It's the Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate by Gary Gary Chapman, the gr- Chapman, the grandfather you never had. <clears throat> it's written in 1992. You definitely like it. It's a quick read. If you want some tools for your toolbox, definitely pick it up. Anyways, like and subscribe if you're on YouTube watching this. If you're watching this on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you click in the details section of the episode, it'll actually take you directly to the video of this episode. And uh, give it a view if you're somebody that's more of a quality time type of person <laughs> to be able to see me and Jen. Spend some quality time with us. Yeah, yeah, it'll feel like you're in the same room with us. So yeah, uh, <laughs> give it a download. Uh, like and subscribe. Give us also a rating. If you have any questions, you can email us at divinenobodiespodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on social media, IG. We're there doing all the things. I think that's it, right? That's it. All right. Namaste, friends. Namaste.